What is good? Welcome to another episode of Curry and Company. I am your host, Brandon Curry. Hope you guys are having a good week. On today's podcast, I got my guy, Mandela Shepard, and Ricky Fletcher makes his return to the pod. Uh, we discuss interracial relationships. Um, it should be um, an interesting conversation. I hope you learn something, um, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, before we get into the podcast, I do want to say, if you have anything that you would like to hear talked about on the podcast, um, let me know. Um, my Instagram handle is underscore B Curry, or if I'm friends with you, just shoot me a text. Um, uh, would love to hear any feedback or anything that you guys would like to see included in the show. Um, without further ado, let's, uh, let's do this thing. Like I said at the top of the podcast today, my company is my guy Della and my guy Ricky uh, for his uh, second appearance on the podcast, the first one to come on two times. Fellas, how are you guys doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me a second time and uh, I'm ready to jump into this content. I think it'll be great for the, the listeners and I think it'll be an important conversation for some. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so I do this with every podcast. Um, when I have homies on, I like to uh, get the recollection on how we met. Uh, Ricky, you gave yours on the Hip Hop Podcast, so if you missed that one, go check it out. That's your own damn fault. I'm not going to make him repeat it. Uh, so, Della, what is your recollection on how we first met? All right. How we first met. So, I... You want me to be a hundred percent honest, like everything. Like, hey, on Curry and Company, we get raw, bro. So let it out. Yeah, no holds barred. I'm just making sure because it was some time ago, right? Some things were different back then. Uh, yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get it. Let it fly. Uh, so I actually met you through one of your exes, who I went to high school with, actually, and we ended up living in the same building. You were living with her at the time, and um, I was already living in that building. And I recall her introducing uh, me to you. And all I remember are those big blue Nike shoes with the green bottoms. (laughs) 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 And um, every time I would see you, you would be walking your dog, and I would see those big boats. (laughs) <laughs> who is this man and who gave him those shoes? So that's my recollection of the first time we met. Maybe you have different. No, yeah, I think we met for the first time because, you know, whenever you see a brother in an apartment building, you're going to always get the nod. Um, and we're both, like, pretty big dudes. So um, after a while, once I realized that you were friends with my ex or went to school with my ex, um, we started chopping up. I think we went to uh, one of my ex's friend's birthdays you and avery went and we like started chopping it up talking about basketball and shit um so then we became roommates a couple years later um and fun fact you were the first person i think i hung out with as a single man so kudos to you my my brother um turned out well yeah turned out pretty well um okay so on today's podcast i want to talk about interracial relationships um from the black man's point of view um 
I feel like I give disclaimers a lot for these podcasts, but I feel like they're necessary because I don't want people hollering at me saying, you said this, this, and this. So um, a disclaimer is that um, these are the point of views of us. Um, we might not have the same point of views either, but um, I know for a lot of the situations that we're going to be talking about, you can kind of um, put those topics into um, other races and other uh, other ethnic groups. So um, this is just strictly um, from our point of view. So what I'd like to do um, before we kind of get into the weeds of things, I would like to kind of get your guys' um, backgrounds just so we can um, kind of start from how you guys grew up and kind of like the diversity that you experienced before, you know, you got to where you're at today. Um, so uh, Rick, we'll start with you. Okay. So I was uh, born in Detroit, Michigan, but moved to Nashville, Tennessee, shortly after that, like when, when I was a baby, and Detroit is still still largely segregated, but it's uh, it's predominantly black. And my um, parents and all my family lived in predominantly black neighborhoods. And then I, I moved to Nashville area in a, a town called Nolensville in Williamson County, which is a predominantly white area. And uh, my schools I went to were all predominantly white, and I was usually the only black kid in my class. Uh, Della. Yeah. Um... I'm originally from rural Illinois, born in Naperville, so neighboring towns. Um, pretty much grew up in Aurora from the age of six to when I graduated from college. And um, my neighborhood specifically was predominantly white. Um, Aurora is the second biggest city in Illinois, so it has its diversity. Um, but yeah, probably until I was in sixth grade, I would say. I was one of a handful of black people in my class or even at my school. Mm -hmm. um, but that all changed by the time I got to high school. Um, and I'm so thankful looking back at how many different uh, races and ethnicities that I grew up around. Because when I got to college, I started to understand that, hey, not everybody had this experience where they went to a school of like 3,500 people. Right. And you have this huge, you know, not only white population, but also African-American, uh, Latino, Hispanic, and also Asian and Indian community. So I'm um, very grateful for pretty much the area that I grew up in when I actually grew up there. So when you guys, when you guys experienced like growing up, did you guys like see color when you guys were, you know, younger? Did you guys pay attention to it? Did you guys... Um, I guess, like, based off, like, the fam the way that your family is, did you guys always kind of veer towards, like, oh, that girl's cute um, because, you know, she's, like, the same color of my skin, or did it not matter? Were you just about their personalities from, like, a younger age? So when you're in elementary school, you, you really don't know. You don't know the history of really America, but I can specifically remember being in fourth grade and learning about slavery. And I mean, like I said, I went to a predominantly white school, but we didn't know what racism or segregation or any of that was. And we were just friends and we didn't look at anything past that because no one had to taught us anything past that. And a lot of the times that's a good thing. Um, but I, I specifically remember being in fourth grade and learning about slavery and like my white girls that were friends, they just, like, I remember the girl next to me just started crying because her and I were, were good friends. And I think she was just visualizing a world uh, to where I was a slave and her and I couldn't be friends. So that was really the first time it really hit me because up until that point, 
no one tells you anything different and it's hard for like an eight-year-old to compartmentalize the, the whole world and see everything that was going on around it and uh, hear the history of it. Yeah, and I think for me, I realized it at a very young age. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily with girls because that wasn't even an interest or a part of my thought process back then. Yeah. Uh, but I have very old school parents. My mom grew up in the segregated South. My dad, you know, he grew up in Aurora like I did. Uh, but they made me very aware at a very young age that things would be different for me. Um, you know, just simply because of the color of my skin. Right. And I specifically remember in kindergarten, actually. Uh, you guys got some good ass memories. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you why I remember these types of yeah. things. You would too, right? Yeah. Um, because it was the first time I was taught the N word, right? Mm-hmm. By a person. Right. And I really didn't understand why necessarily he had so much anger and animosity mm-hmm. uh, towards him. But I continued to have problems with that specific kid for probably the next year or two, like when we would have run in. So we're talking about kindergarten through maybe first or second grade until he eventually moved. Right. Yeah. So that was like the first time where I quote experienced racism. Yeah. Yeah. And that was learned at home or somewhere outside of, you know, the the school that we went into. So, yeah, I think like the first time, not that I necessarily realized um, racism, I think the first time I realized that, like, um, I didn't really have too many friends that were black. So one of my one of my homeboys, um, one of my good friends to this day, Robert, like in fourth grade, um, he was a new student at my school. And at the time before that, I, I was only really friends with like uh, white kids because for some reason in my grade, there wasn't too many like other black kids. Um, so the minute that he pulled up to the school, I was like, oh, bet, a brother. Like even at that even at that fourth grade level, like when, when you know, I didn't know any better, I was like, okay, like this guy looks like, looks like me. So like maybe we'll connect on a different level than um, other kids in my grade. I think that's like the first time that I realized that like, okay, like, well, you know, all these other kids are school, I mean, are cool, like people with like the same skin color, like you can connect on a different level, right? Um, So then like fast forward, once you get into being older and you like have these conversations with your parents, um, like especially when you're younger and like Della, you have um, older siblings, um, did they ever voice like an opinion? And I know like in a lot of jokingly ways, like um, some families would be like, you better not bring a white girl, like da, 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 da. Like, did they ever, did they ever say any of those things like growing up, um, I guess in, in your in your household? Um, for me, just because I'm the, the youngest of five boys, right? My oldest brother is 18 years older than me. They had seen it all, right? By yeah. the time I was of age, right? Right, right, right. Um, those conversations that you know I guess I, I I would have had had already been had already happened right in my family to my brothers and in all honestly honestly um, you know that was never a issue that was never um, uh, you know a conversation my parents had with me um, you know it came down to you fall in love with and, you know, they kind of taught us to look at 
the world in a way where, I mean, you, you don't have any hate, you don't have any sort of malice. And at the end of the day, love is love, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, like I, I wasn't really exposed to it, and no one had thrown up a red flag say, and said this is what it's gonna be. Because when I learned about it in the fourth grade, up until then, I mean, I feel like every parent's operating under the premise that hey, we're gonna expose our kid to as much positive and good stuff and limit all the bad stuff. And that's how she grew up a joyous kid. We don't want to rob him of that childhood or, or rob him of that innocence. So, like I. Up until fourth grade, I really didn't think about it. Yeah. So I guess because we're all around the same age now, um, was there a point in time when, because I know we're talking about like way, way younger ages, and I know, Deli, you said that your uh, brothers had already been through everything and your parents had already seen anything, but was there a time period, and this can kind of evolve into like where you stand now, was there a time period where you guys felt away growing up about like dating outside of your race or i guess like when was like the first initial feeling personally of like how you felt about the, that type of thing and so like are you asking like how i how i felt about it because at first i didn't think anything up because you got to remember these are all my classmates so i feel like i'm my other classmates just liking a girl in school um so you don't you don't really think about it until you kind of until you get like in middle school i guess it's where because you're going home with a girl or maybe introducing in, or you're maybe being introduced to their parents and that's a whole another thing so i think that's kind of where you, you start thinking about it at i'm saying like more like in growing up like high school college like when it's more like in a serious sense so i i guess it clicked for me at middle school or probably around ninth grade age and it just kind of stuck since then and um, I'll never forget this to this day. I, I was, uh, I was talking, I wasn't dating. I was talking to a girl from another school and there was kind of a school out in the, um, out in the country. And one of her classmates had seen us out at the movies together. Cause that's what like ninth graders do to go to the movie. And then that girl was ridiculed at school that next week on Monday. And all these guys are calling her an inward lover an inward lover and to the point that it scarred me and made me feel like I was doing something wrong and I was like listen I, I thought we just liked each other I didn't want you to be ridiculed and, and bullied or or anything like that just from us liking each other so that's when I that's when I clicked that it's going to be different it's, it's not what I thought it was going to be or presumed innocence I had about it it was a whole different animal wow Wow. Um, yeah. Goodness gracious. Um, so I guess what were the what were the ripple effects for that? Did that kind of turn you off to dating outside of your race once you once you got those got that feedback from people? It didn't turn me off. It it turned me off to stop hanging out with maybe her or people that went to her school. But I mean, I deep down had a faith in society that like hopefully it's better than this and like. There's no way this girl should be going through that uh, for for uh, just for dating me. But uh, and as time went on, um, I I had some other experiences. It's like I remember, like I was I was always a good kid in high school, captain of the basketball team. I was, I mean, I, parents loved me, but if I was going to ask one of their daughters a prom, that was going to be a problem. And that was like, what the hell is going on? Like, you mean I can? 
Student student council be the captain of the basketball team, make great grades, and be an excellent kid, a good head on my shoulders, but I can't date your daughter or take her to prom because I'm black. And that's, and I was like, all right, like, you can't use it, you can't hide, like, behind the excuse that, oh, like, he's a a thug or something like that, because I wasn't. I was always a good kid, and that's the feedback that I'm getting, and that that cuts and hurts on a a different level, because, like, I mean, a girl that likes me, like, hey, I want to like you, but my parents say I can't, and that's that's terrible. And like that, that's something when I have a kid, like I'm gonna have to tell him about because it's something my dad never experienced because he never dated outside his race, so he couldn't tell me about. But that, it's something I'm probably gonna have to have to talk with my kid about. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's yeah. You're right, and I think that's really prevalent still today. I guess we're good enough to be good at sports and all these other activities, but not always good enough to date. Um, someone's daughter. Um, Della, what about you? Yeah, yeah, Rick, when you're talking about that, the first thing that came to my mind is the story of OJ. Right? Anybody who's listening to that song by Jay-Z? Yeah. At the end of the day, like, still Back. looked at this way, no matter what, right? There's no escape, <laughs> right? Nor, you know, and as you kind of grow and mature, you're like, I don't want to escape that, right? This is the reality. It's a sad reality. And you kind of kind of pray and hope for those people's views to change. You kind of feel sad for them and sorry for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't want to be anybody but me or have any other skin than, you know, this dark skin that I have, right? Um, But for me, just taking it way back, the first two, quote, girlfriends that I ever had were Black. Um, I think I dated like a Puerto Rican girl in high school. And then when I got to college, it was kind of, um, it was kind of mixed, but I remember my sophomore year, I was dating a white girl and, um, I actually went back to her house for Thanksgiving and I knew going into it that her family was okay with us dating besides the father, right? And, um, you know, (laughs) there was nothing that was necessarily blatant besides, you know, him being the only person who wasn't trying to actively have conversation, right? Maybe ask a few questions here or there. But I I think as far as a relationship goes, that's like the only one experience where I can think of you know, off the top of my head where I'm just like, all right, well, I know I'm dating this guy's daughter and he hates the fact that his daughter's dating a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then outside of that, I know from conversations I've had with people of all different races and, and, and women that I've dated that their parents would not accept the fact that I'm black, right? So Rick, kind of going back to the things that you were saying, and again, the story of OJ, like us being young black males in the society who are driven and are, uh, let's say, upwardly mobile, right? Um, sometimes you kind of think those things will help you escape that kind of racist society or mentality that's given off by people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's never the case, right? You're probably in most cases, you're never going to be good enough to date that person's daughter. And that goes for, you know, white, that goes for Asian, that goes for Indian, that goes for, um, you know, Hispanic. And 
it's obviously I'm not saying this as a blatant statement, but I'm just saying there's racism in every single race, and that goes for black people as well. Like, yeah, like hey, don't bring a white girl yeah. into this. You know, right. a lot of friends actually got that talk from their parents. Right, like, I was fortunate enough not to have parents who had those views. Right, so. One thing I want to stick on for a quick second. So in that experience, when you when you can feel that the father was only going to like let you in so much, obviously you're not with that girl now. But did you, if that were to be something that were long term, is that something that you can get past the father not, like the father acting that way and not really accepting you in? Um, I think so, as long as my my girlfriend, right, or my fiance, or my wife can get past it. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, if she can't get past it, then that relationship's going nowhere, and it's going nowhere fast. If she can, and she knows that, hey, love is love, and I don't care, you know, what anybody else says about our love. Right. Then, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that, because I know that she's fully bought in. Right. right, but if and I understand, there's so much pressure from your family, um, you know, being in that young woman situation. But at the end of the day, that relationship is is ours, and that's kind of, I guess, where I would draw the line. So, like, and you can get past it, but it's still always going to be something you get anxiety about when you're driving the first time even maybe even the second time because you've had like multiple traumatic experience so you you've been conditioned to feel some type of way knowing that i know this guy really feels about me like he's not going to say maybe he's not saying it but i i know i know what it is and like i, I know i really feel so i don't think that anxiety ever fully goes away even if you say you're getting past it or you're over it so in my in what i would say to that is like i have to be comfortable in my own skin Right. At the end of the day, no matter who is who I'm interacting with, I need to be man enough. I need to be me enough to just be comfortable in my own skin and realize at the end of the day, even though there's, you know, there's famous quote, you, you marry the family, not the person. Right. I'm not there yet, um, but I need to be secure enough with myself to where, hey, I know that this person doesn't like me but I'm still going to interact with 100% confidence, right? And that's how I look at it. Right. Yeah. So when you say when you say being comfortable in your own skin, in these situations when you go into these households uh, with people of, of different races, um, a lot of the times they kind of try to change the way that they act to make you comfortable. Now, in those situations, do you find those things offensive or do you appreciate the fact that they're trying to... Um, kind of cater to the way that you are, I guess. I don't find them offensive. It, it may be pride and like, all right, a little too much. But my philosophy just about people is we're more alike than we're not alike. So, and there's just certain barriers that like tear us apart. But maybe it's, like, it's an attempt to, to tear down those barriers. I think it's for good. So even if they are kind of placating to me, I really don't mind because at least they're trying, and it could be it could be a lot worse. It could be awkward. So even if it's contrived, I, I look at it as they're trying, and it's it's not offensive because like I know it's offensive, and uh, it could be a lot worse. 
I agree. It could be a lot worse. Um, Brandon, I think you've witnessed this a lot, especially with me, like when we're out or there's this, like somebody who comes up to me and, you know, I think all of us get it, right? They, they talk a different way. They try to relate. Bro, um, that shit is the worst. <laughs> I can't stand it, bro. And you can, and you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you can and you can you can smell that stuff from like a like a mile away, and I don't know what it is like if people are threatened. Um, but yeah, me and you talk about that a lot because we're always together. And like usually I'm the tallest one, but he's like three or four inches taller than me, and I just know like some dude comes up to me and be like, "Hey man, how tall are you?" And then it just like it's a snowball effect from there, bro. Yeah. So what I was gonna no. say. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say like I remember. I remember being in like a, a barber shop, uh, and this and the white guy walks in. He's kind of a quirky, quirky like white guy. Like he's not somebody that's clearly not somebody comfortable getting the haircut in a black barber shop. And he walks in and sits down and was like, "So you guys like Dr. Dre?" And then, like I remember cracking. <laughs> I swear, I've never laughed so hard. He's like, "Hey, how about like that basketball?" Like, and I was like, "Dude, this is trying so hard." And I was like, literally let off like, so you guys like Dr. Dre? And I was like, and like, that's how you know, shout out data, because this happened about three years ago. And Dr. Dre had been like, for real, for real popping. Like but, that, but, but, but that's the thing, but that's the thing that frustrates me the most. And I don't know if it's the same with other races, but with like black guys, they just automatically think like hip hop, basketball, <laughs> um, football, like any kind of sport, like I'm in. Like, that's, that's all I gotta do. Talk about some Dave Chappelle and Kevin Hart, like, <laughs> we're bonding on a different level and i don't know what it is about us that it just seems to be the case but that is so annoying bro uh it, it, it's actually one of the most annoying things when i go out right and uh, what i was saying before rick is it could be worse right but in my experience i feel like it starts there and then it just gets extremely annoying and like you have some little random white guy trying to pander to you when it's not necessary. Um, I know we're kind of getting off track because this was originally, the question was originally about the family, right? Yeah. But this is just kind of showing the, the listeners about how often it happens. It's not just yeah. looking at others' family. It's, hey, I walk into a restaurant or a bar, I'm 6667, 230 pounds. Hey, do you play football? Do you play basketball? Or they'll just automatically start talking about something that they assume I'm interested in. And half the time I say, no, I'm uh, a horse jockey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I say I play mini golf or I say I play tennis, right? Right. Division one tennis, which is true, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they don't believe me. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I say all that to say that, yes, people are going to try to pander to you to, I guess, make you feel more comfortable. But at the end of the day, I feel like they kind of make themselves look like idiots. So at my 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 policy is just be yourself, no matter who you are, uh, where you are. If you're a good person, it's going to come across as that. And I'm gonna have so much more respect for you and even your opinions, even if they're um, not the same views as mine, way more than somebody just trying to like play nice and come, it comes off insincere to me. So. Right. So on the flip side of that, when you bring home a girl of the opposite sex, and obviously Ricky, you're married and 
Joel, I don't know. I mean, opposite race. I, I mean, opposite, I don't know what I was trying to say, but not opposite sex. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just pretend I didn't say that because that's not the case. Um, so when you bring home uh, a girl like Flipside, you bring home a girl to your parents' house. Do you find that your parents change the way that they act towards that, towards your significant other? And Ricky, you're married, so I mean, your experience is probably a little different in that in that arena. Um, no, no. My my mom is who she's gonna be, and my dad who is who he's gonna be. But I mean, and they're confident enough in their own skin. They're confident enough in themselves to think like we don't have to be anybody else. This is us. So no, um, no. My like my mom is she can be too much sometimes. So she can just be even more <laughs> uh, when like a girl's around. But that that could be any race. So I would say. No, I never had to. I never experienced that with my parents. Yeah, me either. Um, my dad is a career educator. He was a associate vice principal for years, so he's just incredible with people as it is. Like I learned half my social skills from him, mm-hmm. and like one of those things was to just kind of quote bring your whole self, right? Um, I don't think I think that's always easier said than done, but on a personal level. Right, I'm in somebody's home. They're in my home. I'm meeting new people. Um, I'm gonna give them me, right? And I think uh, I I just kind of learned that from observation um, with my parents. So when I bring somebody home uh, for my mom, my dad to me, I mean they're the same old them, right? Kind of crazy, charismatic, right? Uh, very inquisitive always wondering you know who this person is or what they do what their story they could probably host a podcast of their own yeah real talk real talk my parents were trying to ask me when they were going to come on the podcast i was like no they ain't ready for all that Uh, before you move on i will say like the the questions that they do ask to make um that significant other feel more comfortable are 100 percent genuine right Right, comes across, um, you know, every time. So, got it. That makes sense. Um, okay, so this is kind of going left, but you guys, um, you know, are aware of these questions that we're going to ask you. So, um, you know, pop culture. You know, it's black culture. You know, there's sports, there's hip hop, everything like that. Um, you know, you know, sometimes black men are hot commodities. So what I wanted to ask you and get your get your opinion on is how do you fellas feel about girls that will say that I and girls of opposite uh, or different races um, when they say I only date black men? How does that make you feel when you hear that? Because I know you guys have heard this before. Yeah. Um, historically. It was a turnoff, right? I think nobody likes to be fetishized, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to be, uh, you know, it's like they don't see you for you, right? Mm-hmm. They see you because uh, the Kardashians all date black guys and they want, they want to be like the Kardashians. Right, right, yeah, I guess that's what made it hot. So I I, I disagree. I, I will say it. I feel like it was a trend, right? Or it could currently be a trend. But growing up, I never looked at it that way. And I think a lot of it was because somebody was like, oh, my friend 
uh, she likes black guys or she only likes black guys, no matter what race she was. I'm just like, um, it's, it's not attractive. It's not an attractive thing to say. Yeah. And I think that goes for anybody. Um, I would say now it really doesn't bother me as much, but like historically, it was just a complete turnoff. So, I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, like for the, for the greater men, black men, like if it's convenient for us, we're not going to mind. If like if Kim Kardashian <laughs> came up to be like, hey, I would date black guys. Look at you, like, oh my God, like I liked you until you said that. Now, <laughs> if we're being real about this, like if it's convenient for us, if it's convenient, like we don't care that much. Right. I mean, think of like when in the history of men have you as a, I, I, bad girl walk up to him like only date black guys and they turned off like oh, i cannot believe you said that i'm offended i'm walking away and the exactly. correct, the correct <laughs> no um, you're you're 100 you're you're spot on you, like you hit the yeah you know, so right it's convenient for guys I there's know, a but the girl's like not yeah i think there's a difference between like hey i want to date you and i only date black guys or like maybe when we were younger and maybe we weren't just we weren't looking to date every girl Right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's two different things. I I don't think I would mind. I don't think I would mind if it was just like you know, like you said, our younger days when we weren't really focused on being in a relationship. But like outside of that, like if I'm like serious about dating someone, that I get I get kind of yeah, I pause because that it kind of is like just a, a, a turn off. Okay, so what if it's not explicit? Like, I'm only dated. But if you, like, go back and look at her Facebook history. You bro, you can pick. You don't even got to do that. You're telling me you can't pick that shit out from a mile away, bro? 100%. You could pick that out from a I know you've been. I know you've been retired. Your jersey retired. Your statue outside the stadium. No, no, I know no, it's been a minute, but. I, I don't pick that a mile. I don't know. Because, I mean, even, like, what if, like, every girl that, like, noticed me was – wasn't the person that only date only dated uh white guys or only dated black guys. I can't really decipher every girl. But I'm saying like like is it because they're explicitly telling you that they only do it? Because if you I guarantee you if you talk to a girl, she didn't say it, but you look back at her Facebook and you saw multiple black dudes, it's implicit. You know you know what time it is. So then are you like, Nope, I can't do it. So two things come to mind. One have you seen the movie Get Out, right? When he finds like all the photos of all the black people, right? Yeah. I think Allison was her name had dated, right? So it's kind of like that when you check Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, what? Okay, I, I know Brandon. If I see that, like, she has a history, she's dated black guys, like, all right, well, I might be in there. It's like, it's like, it's almost like a Wait, green wait, green. wait, hold on, hold on. You're saying I would say this? Let's <laughs> use, let's use a different example. Everybody knows the Brandon uh, prototype. Right, okay, for somebody average, there's somebody else. Somebody else could be like, oh, this is a green light. All systems go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, 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 it depends I, on your right on right? To me, if you see that, it depends on your intent, right? Are you looking to date this girl? Or yeah, is the, I'm I'm saying uh, even if I look, was looking to date this girl and I saw that, are you getting it turned off? Um, well, I think I think it's different because I think when you date somebody who only quote unquote dates black men, like they already have a preconceived notion in their mind of like how it's going to go, 
right? They think that they already know how you're going to act. They think they already know your interests and it kind of is almost like robotic. Whereas in, if you date someone who you hasn't experienced it, I don't think they, they see those things. Like my only like real relationship, uh, my ex, like she didn't date black men, like she didn't date, date a black man before me. So I think her views and the ways that she went into a relationship would have been different had she, um, dated black men previous to me yeah well, I, I don't look at it that way because like just because we're black doesn't mean we're the same i mean we're we right we don't we don't see it that way but right. i'm asking you directly brandon if you looked at a girl's facebook and you saw like her past three boyfriends were black but she didn't say only day black that's what you saw are you going to be turned off uh, and like and very good looking girl great personality you're vibing that's what like be, be honest well, I don't really have a Facebook, so uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I I think it would be um, stupid to say no just based off the pictures. I think if I met her and she was kind of vibed the way that I expected her to vibe, I think then at that point I might be out on it. But I wouldn't say no just solely based off of those pictures. Exactly. But and but like that's not her explicitly saying it, but it's Right, her. but I I would still have cause for concern. It's not like I wouldn't I wouldn't I would just like brush like, oh she's got three black dudes in the picture. Um that seems uh I guess normal. Um so I, I, I would still in my mind have those th- feelings, but I of course would want to meet her and not judge a book by its cover. Yeah, I agree with that, Brandon. Um, again, I just keep drawing parallels to like movies and songs, right? So uh, one line, and we'll probably bring this up later, but Drake, he says, I can never love her because to her, I'm just a rapper. And soon she'll find another, right? When you, when there's a girl who just like, you know, only likes black guys, that's the category that you kind of feel like you're in, right? I think there's a difference between that and hey you're really hitting it off with this girl and she's actually curious about you as a person as an individual then that's a different story even if she has dated you know multiple black guys you go to her facebook right for example and it's just only black guys if she's like a genuinely good person curious smart has all the different traits and attributes that i would look for in a woman then i think that's different Um, that's what i'm saying i'm saying if like you guys are just vibing like that the guys are just vibing hard, but then you go to her Facebook and see that you're not going to be turned off. So it's not her explicitly saying, I only like black guys, but she's showing you what type you like, but you guys are still vibing. So while like, I'm saying it, people wouldn't let that get in the way of the vibe. Like they're still going to see where it goes. I mean, at least I would. I'm like, that's like, fair. No. Yeah, 100%. I, I yeah. think that's fair. And on the flip side, there's yeah. women who only date black men. Right. So, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. Right. Uh, yeah. So, no, I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page there. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Um, so, I guess when you do date outside your race, um, sometimes people within your race, um, so us, for us, it would be black women, um, have um, almost like issues. You'll get looks. Um, and Ricky, I know you, your, your wife page is, is white. So if you can speak from experiences that you've had, um, I guess, how do you, how do you navigate that or how are your, what are your thoughts on, 
you know, when you might receive um, criticism, I guess, from for dating outside your, your race? So criticism from white people or black people? From like black women, where they say like, okay, you're like you're taking like our good men or, so, you know. Hey, like, hey, I, I wasn't like really hip to it because I, I wouldn't notice, but Paige has definitely talked to me about it. Uh, she definitely notices it that again from a, a black woman's perspective and i get it i get it as well because i mean like growing up for for black women like i mean until like beyonce the picture of beauty was like a lot of fair faucet like the charlie's angels girl or barbie or anything like that so you're thinking that's the inaccurate depiction of beauty uh in america but and we're just black women by and large are just underrepresented and and, and they're like, and so black women in general feel like they have an uphill battle. So when they see a black man is a successful one, not that I am successful, but just a, a guy that has a good head on his shoulders, they see him with a white girl, like, damn, they're taking everybody. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard that before, right? And to what you're going further about what you're saying with black women, they're the least protected um people in the united states right a hundred percent right um with that being said i i think there are times when you know i'll hear that or i i've heard that in the past um that hey like women of other races are taking all the good black men um but at the same time I feel like, like, for example, I'll give myself as an example, right? So in high school, I went to like a super diverse high school, right? I, w I was a tennis player, I played saxophone, and like I played soccer, played basketball, right? Not the coolest guy, even though I thought I was pretty cool. I was relatively popular just because I was super involved. And I had some brothers who had went through the school as well, but some of the black girls who I was checking for weren't checking for guys like me, right? Right, 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 right. And I would say the same thing applies to college when you're kind of competing with football players and basketball players, right? Right. Uh, who are kind of ideal in, in their eyes, right? But then after you graduate from college, they realize people in general mature and like, hey, maybe some of these uh, uh, shallow things are less important, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm coming back to the guy that I curved all those years ago or back to guys like that who I curved all those years ago. And sometimes it's too late. So I think that's why sometimes there is a gap. Um, but at the same time, you have other people, you have other black men that I um, know and who I've had conversations with who blatantly say that they only date white girls, right? Mm -hmm. The majority of my friends aren't like that, but I have, people have their preferences, right? At the end of the day, people have their preferences. These are just kind of some of my theories and my observations of why we see that, that gap between black men and black women. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like these things that we're talking about are always going to be, um, I guess, talked about. Um, so I am 
good with where we landed with this conversation. Is there any last parting shots on interracial relationships before we get into issues that be said on past podcasts? I was actually just kind of curious to see if anybody had thoughts on what I just said. Um, I think <laughs> the minute that you said when girls come back around, I, I got that one song stuck in my head by uh, Smart Music. What a came back for me. <laughs> I just needed time. Um, no, I I agree with you, man. Um, I think like people have preferences like black women also have preferences um like sometimes like you said like we're too proper um yeah and let me know if you've heard this before like oh you sound too white um you don't sound black enough because i hear that from both sides though right true yeah so so what what you said about like essentially women looking at the wrong qualities and men like uh, because you're a tr- trombone player, sax player, or in the band and play tennis. I think that is not race specific. I think that's all women. I think white women were looking for the wrong qualities and white men too, to party in college. And then when they got older, people got the shit together and they came back around. So I can't, I have no evidence to support that as a race thing more so than a women thing. No, I I agree, right? And uh, I 100% agree with that. It happens with both sides or any race. Um, I'm just saying with my specific case, those are some of the observations that I had and saw, right? Um, But yeah, people mature, people have their own preferences. And uh, I, I, I think either way like i can't i can't put myself in a black woman's shoes so i don't know exactly what it was um or what it is but those are just some of my my observations so that was back then do you think it's changed like greatly like since you've been grown um i think so um i i I think so just because again I, i think people in general black white everybody matures and they see like positive qualities that they want in a uh, a significant other that aren't necessarily so shallow or don't necessarily have to uh, that don't have anything to do with uh being cool or i guess social status right 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 Um, so like let's i don't i don't want anybody to get me wrong like i and I don't want to come off any type of way, but it's like it's it's never been a huge concern for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I I can't date uh, a black woman, or I can't date a white woman, or I can't date an uh, Indian woman uh, because they're just not into me in general. Mm-hmm. I guess what I was saying there is like I I just there's a few cases, specific cases that come to my mind. Right. And like a number of them just happen to be black in those situations. Yeah. And Brandon, I'll, uh, to wrap it up, you, you asked like if there's anything else we should say, and I'll put a wrap on it by, by saying it's, it's not really only black men that face a criticism because like I said, like when I had that girl being, when they call that girl an inward lover, they, I mean, that sucked for me, but I always put myself in, in those girls' shoes, and I don't fully think people are aware of what they went through. 
One of my good friends, um, David Black guy in middle school, she went to a private school and she got bullied and had to, to leave that, leave that school and stuff like that. It's unfortunate. And you gotta remember they're on the business end of, uh, taking a black guy home to, to meet the family as well. It's not just us. It's like how are they being talked to and scolded to the point they're, they're in a dilemma. Like, do I, do I leave this guy because he's black or do I stop talking to my family? And that's, and it has yeah. to suck them as well. And I think even at least it sucks more so than me because they, they can't really turn that off either. And um, so my friend told me she had to, to leave a, a school. I, I mean, I wouldn't have done that because a white girl like me, but she had to do that because a black guy liked her and, that's something I think we should definitely shed a lot on before the podcast ends. Yeah, yeah, wait. Um, that actually rejiggered my memory of something I wanted to ask you. So um, with all the things that are going on in the world, specifically um, in 2020, with all the killing of uh, unarmed Black people, um, you are kind of in a unique situation in that, again, your your wife is is white. So I guess how was it for her navigating those conversations with her family? Because I know um, some of her family might not see things the same way that she might. So like, what was those experiences like, um, you know, during those, during those like kind of turbulent times? Uh, so there's, there's really no way her family could see the world through the lens that she does because she dates me. So she's partly seeing the world through the lens that, that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it has definitely been difficult uh, for her just touching on some of the subjects. It's a lot of things like they may not understand and whether some of them are trying, they may just be missing the point and indirectly saying something that, that's hurtful. She is also on the, on the business end of that because, I mean, at the end of the day, I can like, well, I don't have to go see it, but she does because it, it, it is her family. So I think even it's been, I think, Days has been even in more of a difficult spot than me um, in regards to everything that's going on because I, I'm used to, I mean, I'm 30. I'm used to it. I, I've seen, like, I've seen all this tenfold, but she's only been married to me for a couple of years. So she's just experienced it for the first time and hasn't been conditioned to handle it since she was eight years old. Yeah. 100%. Um, that has to be, that has to be a, a very unique and difficult uh, position for anybody to kind of be in. Uh, but I guess my final thoughts here is just like love is love. At the end of the day, you fall in love with whoever you fall in love with. And that's what's been preached to me and kind of passed down through my family. You know, you kind of get my, my family as a whole, my, my um, immediate family, my extended family. And um, it's like a, uh, it's just a big blend of so many different races. And I'm so kind of I'm, I'm, I'm out of like who we are and just the acceptance that is kind of taught to every single uh, one of my nieces and nephews because of the way that uh, we all grew up. Yeah. Yeah. And point, love is love. And a quick fact, the Supreme court case that ended the, uh, ended the outlaw of interracial marriages is the loving family. I think it was like in 1969, but it's in Virginia. Um, so that, that's funny that you that love is love. Yeah. Go ahead, boy. Can wrap that up any better? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so before, before we end the podcast, um, this is going to be a new segment. Um, 
It's going to be called Issues That I Had With What B Said On A Previous Podcast. I'm wordsmithing the, the title of this uh, of this segment. But uh, I hear that Della has an issue with something that I said on a hip-hop podcast. So, Della, what, what's your beat with me, bro? Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't even have to be said um, between you and I, but for the, <laughs> for the listener. Yeah, I know where this is going. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Everybody knows that Drake is a GOAT. Kendrick Lamar is a close second. J. Cole is 2A. 2A and 2B. Mm. Wait, so you're saying that J. Cole is 2A and no, Kendrick's 2B? Not at all. I'm, 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 I'm saying it doesn't matter. They're interchangeable, right? 2A, 2B. But we all know who the GOAT is. Ricky, I think Ricky, Eminem, sells, Eminem sells the most record sales, so is Eminem the best ever? Because he, he sold the most records out of any rapper. Does he? More than Jay-Z? How many platinum? Oh, I, I think. <laughs> oh, I think. Okay. Way, more, way more units than Jay-Z. <laughs> think think oh, about I, it. When did, what Jay-Z album dropped that was just number one on the charts? Oh, oh. He, he, he's literally gone number one and gone platinum in all, what, 13 albums? <laughs> He's 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 actually the one who coined the phrase "men lie, women lie, numbers don't." Numbers don't. He, he, um, he's also the one, and uh, he says the only people moving units is M, Pimp Juice, me, and Nelly, and us. So he and he, he recognized what Eminem did. So well, everybody recognizes. I'm not taking anything away from that, but come on, man, nobody's had a run like Dre. No, okay. I I I, I, uh, I say that, but okay, no, okay. So numbers numbers are are definitely true. Um, I think I said this. I think I said that, you know, Drake, he's got the numbers. If you're looking straight at numbers, Drake is Drake is definitely, like, A1, he's number one. But as far as quality, you would say that Drake is still a better rapper in the quality and the content of his music? Um, I think he's the most versatile, right? You can listen to – Drake has something for everybody at every point in their life right uh-huh. if you're talking about battle rapping maybe that goes to kendrick lamar if you're going with uh, i guess diversity and rhyme pattern maybe that goes to or if you're talking about accents that goes to jersey the goat um I, I i mean this is it's i think it's a great debate but i think that Kendrick, I think the analogy that you pulled was Kawhi Leonard, right? Uh-huh. So Kawhi had some a great season last season, right? right. Where's he? Where's he now? LeBron has been consistent. That didn't he age well. Make to the finals. <laughs> make it to the finals almost every <laughs> year. Where's he now in this podcast? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, okay, so those comparisons did not age well, I will admit. I did not see Kawhi and them exiting that quickly. Uh, we'll see where LeBron lands. You know, he's still got a couple more games this this round and still got the, the championship if he makes it. Um, yeah, so that de- definitely didn't age well. I thought about that. Um, so you got me there. Um, one issue that I had, even I was on the podcast, but it went so long that I didn't even have the energy to debate. Ricky on this and Della let me know your um, opinion on this but the fact that Wale wasn't on this list at all still annoys the hell out of me Ricky 
You're the sole reason why he's not on the list. And really, yes. honestly, while Big Sean's album was good, and I know you're Mr. Detroit, Detroit versus everybody, like all that stuff. Big yeah, Sean's album too. was Big Sean's album was tight. It was it was straight. A little too long. Twenty one songs is too long. But I don't know if he belongs at that number four spot just based off of what that album did. Bro, I I'm not even gonna start. look, the podcast listeners don't want to hear about Wale. Like so, <laughs> but my my issue with you, man, like you didn't know who Laverne and Shirley was. I, I listened to that podcast, like I've heard of them. I was like, well, you've never listened, watched a, an episode of Laverne and Shirley, or, right, all, or the whole, or the whole Cosby show, or the whole uh, every season of Cosby show. I mean, Laverne and Shirley. No, I don't. I don't know what that show is, um, and I should have. <laughs> I should have looked it up on Wikipedia. However, that was before my time. Um, Dude, but it's it's a, it's a it's a lot of uh, the pathway women had in comedy was uh, through Laverne and Shirley. Okay, dang! I should have had you on that podcast then. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, if you think about it, which uh, which shows do you have women just? It's about them. It's centered around them. Especially like I mean, I love Lucy with Ricky and Lucy, but Laverne and Shirley were the. Uh, the only two, and then the Golden Girls are at the Laverne and Shirley. So you got to give a little credence to them, and uh, and do your do your wiki on them. They're they're good. One of them just died. Okay, so you had issues with what I said on the last yeah. podcast with Winifred Hervey. Okay. Um, yes, I will. I will take that as a parting shot. I will uh, look up who Laverne and Shirley is and do my homework next time, Ricky. Yeah, man. Come on. Is there anything else from you too that you have issues with what I said? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Hey, can I just be like a, a weekly occurring podcast? You just ask me about shit, or a weekly occurring guest that you just ask me about shit? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> that is that is not something that I want to do. Um, it's been great having you on this second time around. Um. Della, I appreciate you coming on for the first time around. I'm sure you fellas will be on this joint um, in the future. Um, so before we go, um, give your Instagram handles for those people who are trying to follow you. Black Kings. That's, that's at Rick Fletch 21. Brandon will have another uh, post of my face on there. Bro, can you please give me a picture that is not you like modeling for Wrangler or whatever? Golly, bro. All right. Tell, tell Paige to send me a joint like uh, like a, a wedding picture or something. Like I'm not trying to post a picture of you trying to uh, do your best like Tate Diggs or some shit, you know? Tate Diggs. That's you want today. They ain't looking like Columbus Short. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, what's your handle, bro? Yeah, Instagram at Bowens.Shepherd, B-O-W-N-E-S dot S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Great. Um, as always, please review, subscribe, and rate the Curry & Company podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something. I will talk at y'all later. Peace. <laughs>